You're listening to The Voice, the podcast of IABC Ottawa. The number you have dialed. You're listening to The Voice, Episode 7. This episode, Judd discusses the challenges of managing Wired employees with Colin McKay, the Director of Research, Education and Outreach at the Office of the Privacy Commissioner. Judd Rasmussen here today and I've got Colin McKay, who's the Director of Research, Education and Outreach at the Office of the Privacy Commissioner of Canada. Colin, thanks for coming in. Thanks very much, Judd. Uh, we want to talk about the difficulties or challenges of managing a Wired employee. I think you're the perfect person to have this conversation. You're, you're a self-described policy wonk. Uh, you're a huge advocate of social media. I follow you on social media. Um, you don't keep your opinions to yourself, and yet you've built a career in government, and you manage a team that has to understand this technology while at the same time dealing with the privacy concerns uh, yeah. of Canadians and how social media does that. Certainly, the Privacy Commissioner has been, uh, been all over Facebook more yeah. of that. So I think you're a perfect person to have the conversation with. And I'd like to kick it off by reading a stat to you sure. from uh, a Cisco-connected world report. And they interviewed 2,600 people from 13 countries. And the statistic was 66% of employees surveyed believe that they should be able to connect to what they want with any device that they choose. So coming out of the gate, regardless of who you're managing, that belief, belief seems to be ingrained in terms of how they, what they can access and how they can do it. What are you seeing as a challenge as a manager and, and, and your peers in the workplace? I'd say that 66% is, is a really great number because two or three years ago it would have been lower and you would have been able to characterize it as simply new entrants to the workforce or, or for the most part young employees that wanted uh, that capability. But nowadays it's more and more members of my team and my office and the workforce that are looking for the tools to enable them to step out of their cubicle and still be a productive member of, of the organization. Now, how do we, I think productivity is one of those great words these days because on one hand, people will say, well, we have to restrict Facebook or social media or access to any sort of um, 2.0 or 3.0, whatever number you want to use today, uh, content because it removes productivity. Yet a lot of people say, if I don't have access to that world, my productivity is actually going to suffer. How do you manage that? that productivity lifestyle, the expectations of a certain uh, demographic? I think with integrating any technology in the office, you have to set some policies around the activity and around the use of the tool. And also you have to have some frank conversations with your employees right. about your expectations. So my expectation isn't that my employees use these tools only for work because they also use it for professional development and they also use it to message that cousin who just never got an email address. Right. And all of those things are, uh, are work that they, or tasks that they would normally undertake during the day. Um, but you want to have that frank <coughs> conversation so they know where the lines are. Because for example, using Facebook at the office, especially if you're in communications or marketing, Facebook is a tool you need to understand in order to be an effective professional. Right. It's also a tool you need to use to communicate among members of your community who have chosen to have a profile online. The place where managers fall is when they don't draw the lines and allow employees to start voicing strong opinions or um, you know, posting irresponsible things, whether it's on the, the work property or on their own personal site in any of these social networks. So do you think there's guidelines that should be put in place in terms of what they can access or how they can participate or both 
know what I'm saying? So on one hand, yep. you can access anything you want. I don't care if you're on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, but you cannot talk about the company organization anyway. Or do you assume that if they're there, something's going to come out and you manage that risk? I think it's both. I think for some organizations like banks, uh, publicly traded companies, there are some security and access issues they have around allowing all employees access to these tools because they w do want to have a safe environment for their business information. Um, but it's far more effective to have this conversation around policies and practices so that employees know what's accepted and what will be welcomed and what will get them in trouble. It's right. never very good to fire someone on a Friday uh, without having notified them and then and given them a chance to respond. Now, it's a good point. So, but in terms of thinking about the, the interaction of employees, there's the management interaction, but there's also employees themselves. So you're managing a team. Um, I know from my own experience, I had an issue in an office one time where these people became friends. Something happened in social media outside the office environment. Uh, things escalate. You can't take it back, and suddenly it's in my workplace. Have you run into that management risk and how do you advise people to you have that conversation upon hiring to say you just leave everything outside and do your best or can you put policies in place in terms of how they interact with each other? I, I think it's dangerous to try and externalize human relationships. So it's dangerous to build a sandbox and say this is your work sandbox and mm. keep all your personal activities outside of it. <coughs> um, in part because the environment we're trying to build is flexible and creative and innovative right. and we increasingly require um, knowledge workers especially to have extended personal and professional relationships based upon these networks and based upon these tools and those networks are based upon personalities and quirks and traits and sometimes those will sour um, so it's really hard to say leave your emotions at the door especially when the work you value in part is based on their emotions and their impulses so the challenge now as a manager has changed. You know, I've been managing probably for close to 20 years, but 16 years. Everybody's been wired. It started off with just you know websites, email. Then they had cell phones. Now the phone has changed. Have you seen programs out there to help people manage better on this subject? Because you're managing the person, but on the other hand, you're also arming them. You're giving somebody a smartphone. Um, you're giving them the laptop. You're giving them access to all this stuff. And you're almost creating your own problem. So do you have a right as a manager saying, I'm arming you with this device, do you have a right to dictate how they use it? There should be a discussion about how the tool is used, um, especially if the business is paying for it, mm. um, and especially if the product that's developed, whether it's a picture or a text or an email, goes back through your corporate network. Right. That doesn't necessarily mean you restrict <coughs> the activity, it's just, listen, don't take any pictures late on a Friday night at home and then send them through your work email to your Hotmail account or whatever. Um, it's, it's be judicious in how you use the tool, but use it so that you add value to the organization and our work, and then add value to you as a professional. Do you think you have to treat employees differently based on age? Really, is the younger demographic a, not to call it a bigger problem, but creating more risk for the workforce? I don't want to say a blanket statement you treat them differently because of age, but the expectations are different. Mm. Where you have an employee in their late 20s or 30s or 40s, who's developed within an organization that is rather um, limiting and has put in place those policies and conditions around using a tool. They've learned how to adapt to using the tool. What I'm noticing with, with new employees is that they arrive with an assumption that they're going to get the tools and they'll be able to use them how they use them in university. Is that an expectation? There'll be a bit of a tangent here, but if I'm coming out of university, do I expect will I make a, a job decision based on the access that I get? Well, I make a job decision based on yeah, that. Yeah, okay. I, I made that blunt point uh, at, a, at a conference last week 
where I said, if you're not going to give me the tools, you're not valuing me as a professional. And I'm telling you that my personal <coughs> professional value comes from having access to these tools, um, these services, and being able to use them in a very flexible manner. So there's an element of trust, and then there's an element of respect as well. Now, how do your, that's an interesting point, um, you're an employee, right? So you manage a team, but you're an employee. And as I said, I follow you on, uh, on Twitter, and I've read your blog posts. And you are quite vocal. You're vocal about how government uses social media. Uh, you have social commentary about a range of things. Um, do you push the envelope on purpose? Is that just who you are? Have you had any pushback from your superiors? We definitely push the envelope with our, okay. with our work activities as well as my personal uh, channels. And I had a conversation with my boss when I first started doing this. And I continue to have conversations with them just to point out to them, <coughs> by the way, we're pushing the boundary with this particular tool with this particular um, issue. I don't go step by step or tweet by tweet mm. discussing with them how we're, we're pushing the tool. But if, for example, if you look at our corporate Twitter account, um, the level of facetiousness and irony that's found in that Twitter account is much different than any other government right. channel. I've noticed, I was thinking about challenges of, of, a, of a wired employer, a wired workforce. And it came up with sort of six or seven one is sort of the infrastructure. I'm an IT person and I have multiple devices, multiple laptops that I just have to manage. Uh, there's the virus concerns of giving people greater yeah. access. There's productivity that we touched yeah. upon in terms of <clears throat> am I increasing or reducing productivity by giving them access. Brand control, which is huge. Yeah. Um, this always comes up when we're dealing with clients. Uh, IP, intellectual property, uh, HR issues in terms of how people within your group are interacting. Um, and client management. I mean, if you're on the services side like, like I am, um, things could get said, things could get posted, images could get yeah. posted that a client can see. Yeah. That's a concern. Can you, would you say that what are the top two in terms of the, the challenges of managing a wired employee, certainly in your environment, what do you think the top two challenges are? I think the largest challenge I face as an individual is the crossover between personal and professional networks. So if I hire someone that I know based on my personal networks, how exactly do I manage those relationships once I'm now um, their supervisor and we're in an employer-employee relationship uh, because I don't want to say things to them about how they're handling their own personal networks, what sort of comments they're making, right. unless they happen to become extreme or affect the organization. Right. Um, and taking step, a step back, just an observation about the transition to this new wired world, organizations uh, used to let a large number of their, their employees communicate directly to the public. Right. It's just they did it through call centers. And they never had a chance to hear the conversation. And there was no record. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And now there's, there's much more of a direct record. There's much more of an easy reference point. So there needs to be more instruction and there needs to be more guidance. It's not necessarily uh, an iron fist, but more like a cashmere glove. Okay, so really, uh, when I hear your points, it still comes down to the basic fundamentals of communication. Yeah. You just have to share the information, make sure everybody's, everybody's on board. As you said, you set parameters in your office, both with yeah. your boss and with your team in terms of what's, what's allowed, what you plan on doing. Um, to any managers listening to the podcast today, what kind of guidance would you give them? Let's say they, they started their careers in the 80s, sort of managing people, 80s and 90s. Past five years, it's been a real game changer. What kind of yeah. advice would you give them? Well, I'd say that um, you can't make the assumption that you can just throw someone into this environment. And just because they're young or because they're new to, it, to the industry or to the career, you can't just assume that they know how to use these tools. So it does make sense to build in some sort of training program where maybe you do it in a participatory manner where you, 
you share in the learning and you recognize that each other understands the, the limits and the benefits of using these tools. So it's almost a team building exercise. Yeah, too. it is to a certain extent, especially if you're sharing um, you're sharing tools in a public manner. So whether you're sharing a Twitter account or you're developing a Facebook campaign, um, you know what the others will say. Um, right. I know that we have an internal dialogue between the people who use our channels so that we know the sort of voice we have and the sort of issues we want to cover. Right. Um, and then also, I think there needs to be a frank discussion among team members about the limits around the use of the tools. So if I'm hiring someone because I know that they're technologically adept mm -hmm. and they love carrying an iPhone or a Blackberry round, um, they need to know the limits I place upon my expectations. So when will I be messaging them? When will I expect a response? Um, how will I expect them to be available when they're not in the office? What sort of work hours do I expect? And do I, can, I, can they build an environment within which uh, they don't necessarily need to be in their cubicle, yet they're still connected to the office, and I recognize that they're being productive and contributing to the office. Okay, so really, to sum up to me, it sounds like management is more than now just handing out guidelines in a booklet for someone to read. It's almost this a lot more one-to-one -one relationship and conversation, given that technology is making things that much more personal uh, and open. I think it boils down to network mechanics, and managers really need to understand networks rather than hierarchies now. Fair enough. Last question for you. Um, what's the worst story? Is there a war story you've seen out there where someone has just completely mishandled a team or a wired employee has just turned an organization on its head um, as, as a result of having access to new media? Without naming names, <laughs> if you want. Um, there are plenty of examples where people have lost their jobs because they either um, they either commented on uh, their work environment, so whether it was the case two or three years ago of kids working at farm boy grocery stores that made cracks about their boss, right? Or um, if you draw back to the the new recruits to the Canadian Border Services Agency who posted uh, pictures of themselves on their Facebook profiles handling their new guns in a very aggressive manner. Right. Um, or uh, there was a Danish um, uh, diplomat working for the UN in a country in Africa who on his personal blog posting pretty much called out the domestic government for, um, for misrepresenting its point of view. And that diplomat got recalled because he sufficiently angered the government. So there's a whole range of what you can do wrong. And every example you gave it was really, that wasn't the manager's fault or the manager's responsibility. I mean, they, I guess they could have had that conversation up front, but yeah. the individual has to take responsibility yeah. for their actions at the end of the day. Yeah, and that puts a lot of pressure on the individual, but that's an important point, because they can't just sit in a cubicle and just take direction now. Right. That's, that isn't the sort of productive person we want on a team anymore. Great, well Colin, thanks for coming in. Great. I appreciate your time and uh, hopefully we can have you in again. Great, thanks. You've been listening to the podcast of the International Association of Business Communicators, Ottawa Chapter, produced at the Media Style Studio at the Coat Factory.